Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. And away we go at the turn of the Burns and Gambo show. It is the 4 o'clock reset. We check in with all the top stories of the day. This is one-stop shopping for you. This is where you go to get it all here on Burns and Gambo. We started off with the Big Suns news over the weekend. The Dallas Mavericks agreed to trade Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and picks to the Brooklyn Nets for Kyrie Irving. And that deal, Gambo, just got approved by the league. The trade call with the league is complete, and the deal is official. Kyrie Irving to Dallas for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, an unprotected first-round pick in 2029, and two second rounds. There were reports that the Nets were trying to loop in a third team, perhaps maybe Toronto, to get Fred Van Vliet to go to Brooklyn. Obviously, that has not happened. The deal, as a two-team deal, has been approved by the league. Yeah, we said on our show Friday, I was actually talking to the Mavericks on Friday, that, that they were interested in Kyrie. And uh, so we had that on our show Friday. Look, they think the West is wide open, and putting another star around Luka, Luka is really going to help. They already get the most open three-pointers in the league. They feel that this is going to help their other shooters. They may take a little bit of a step back defensively, but once they get Maxi Kleber back, that will help. They also unlock another first-round pick this summer. They'll have three available to go after a guy like an OG Ananobi or maybe a 3-and-D player. So they, st- they are going to re-sign Kyrie. They, their plan is that they are going to, re, to, to do a new contract wow. with Kyrie Irving. It's not a rental. They are going to re-sign Kyrie Irving. It is either going to be a spectacular success or an unmitigated disaster. I don't think there's any in between with this one at all. Right. It's going to be all or nothing for the Dallas Mavericks. Personally, I lean towards unmitigated disaster. I just don't think those two are going to get along well on the floor, but we'll see. The Suns did apparently have a trade package in place, potentially, for Kyrie Irving, as reported over the weekend by both Chris Haynes and Sham Sharania. The Suns offered Chris Paul in a package for Irving in addition to Jay Crowder and a draft pick. They were told, according to Shams, that the Nets wanted more than just one draft pick. They wanted upwards of three first-round picks. Um, Monty Williams commented on this today, according to AZ Central's Dwayne Rankin, quote, It kind of bothered me, to be honest. A lot of times a guy's name is out there, and it's just a lot of people throwing stuff out there to maybe get their deal done, and they use us. Certainly wasn't anything that, based on my conversations with James Jones, that we did. And so when I heard about it, I was like, this is part of the business. It just kind of bothered me. It's a very real possibility that the Suns did not make that offer, that the Suns did not make an offer like that, but discussed players without getting to the point of making an offer. Look, Shams has been wrong a lot throughout this these last couple of months on information. Okay, he has been wrong a lot. But it wasn't just him; it was Chris Haynes too. So that's what I'm saying. I don't okay. I don't know about Chris Haynes. I'm not. Chris Haynes has good relationships with a lot of people with the Suns, so he might be right. I know Shams has been off on a lot of the things that he's reported. Does a good job, but he's been off on a lot of it. What I would say is that there is a possibility that another team was trying to find out from the Nets what other teams were offering. And the Nets said, okay, well, you know, we could get this, this, and this from Phoenix. And then all of a sudden it gets out that Phoenix reported that. 
The Suns are really, really good at not making an offer until they know they're going to get the guy. Yeah. So Because they don't want it getting out. They were talking about great their guys. They're great. Know. They never offered McHale or Cam. Like, like they're very good at it. So it would be very surprising to me if the Suns actually made a, an offer that got turned down. As far as how Chris deals with his name being in rumors, here's Ramona Shelburne today on NBA Today. If he was going to be traded, he's been traded a couple times in his career. It would have gotten to him and he would it would have been discussed with him. My understanding is it never got to that level where he was involved in those discussions. And so is there anything they need to discuss with him now? Do you need to patch up some feelings? My understanding is right now he's fine. But the reason his name comes up is because his contract is not fully guaranteed going so forward. So now if you're the Suns and your Suns fans, all attention turns to Kevin Durant. How does he react to this? Does he want out now that Kyrie's gone? Is Spencer did witty enough to the Nets need to do something else to appease Kevin Durant and just how much should the Suns stay invested in a potential Kevin Durant sweepstakes either before the deadline on Thursday or this upcoming offseason? I think the question. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's Kevin Durant. Like, I think you're in. If if you're in on Kevin Durant, you're in. And you give up the draft picks and you go get him and you try to win the championship that has eluded this franchise since they became a franchise in the 60s. And you feel, and you you go for it. Sometimes you got to go for it. So I think whether they get Durant at the trade deadline or in the summer, I would lean towards the summer. Yeah. Um, because I think the Nets will try to do everything they can to build the team that Kevin Durant says, okay, I want to be a part of. And if they can't, then they'll trade him. Suns are back in action in Brooklyn tomorrow. And in good news, Devin Booker today said he fully expects to be activated and ready to play tomorrow night against the Brooklyn Nets. Suns are off tonight. When it comes to the Cardinals, we now have two finalists for their head coaching opening. Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. Steelers defensive assistant Brian Flores was reportedly in line for a second interview, but today he reportedly accepted a job to be the defensive coordinator of the Vikings. Yeah, I, I, I just, I'm baffled by this. I don't have an explanation for it. I mean, I don't want to talk out my ass here because I don't know. It's surprising to me. It's surprising to me that Flores, if he had Please don't a chance, do that, Campo. Please don't. I know, I know. It would be surprising to me if the guy had a chance to be a head coach of an NFL team that he would take a defensive coordinator job somewhere else unless he felt somehow that he wasn't going to get the job. But how could you say that when they were going to do a second interview with you? Like they were scheduled to do a second interview with you. Yeah, it doesn't. That part of it just doesn't make any sense at all. We have two non-coaching stories today from Arizona. A.J. Green announced his retirement after 12 seasons in the NFL. One year too late. One year, One year too late. Should have retired after last year. Yeah. Saved the Cardinals a few million bucks. Yeah. One Got that year last payday in. too late. Uh, you know, we, we look at it as time in Arizona, but he was a great receiver in this league for a long time. Should be a Hall of Fame receiver. He had a terrific career in the NFL. Came to the Cardinals, and even last year, he wasn't bad last year for Arizona. He was actually pretty decent. But I think more people look at A.J. Green coming here more of as a negative than a positive. But again, again, like Emmett Smith getting two years at the end of his career with the Cardinals, that's what the Cardinals do. They give you two years at the end of your career. You're J.J. Watt, you're Emmett Smith, you're A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. You want two years at the end of your career, we got you here. It works out better for other guys, some guys better than others, to be sure. Uh, and I do want to circle back to the coaching thing just so I'm clear on it. So now we're expecting Lou Anarumo and Mike Kafka will get their second interviews for the Cardinals head coaching job sometime this week. Panthers and their new head coach Frank Reich were able to land former Broncos DC Ejiro Aviro to be their defensive coordinator. He had interviewed for the Cardinals for their head coaching job. Yeah, he 
did. I mean, he was a hot candidate because of the job that he done he had done in Denver. He was extremely hot candidate. So good to see him get a job. I think he's on the fast track to being a head coach. Uh, you know, within the next year or two, I think that Azero Evero will get a head coaching job. Tom Brady says he'll start with Fox Sports in 2024. There was some speculation he might start now since Fox has the Super Bowl. He says he'll wait until next year before he starts his gig with Fox Sports. And so that's not. So he won't do any of the of the upcoming season. He won't do any of the Super Bowl because Fox has the Super Bowl next season. He'll. But this oh is twenty three. You're right. That means he's going to take a year off. You're right. You're right. He'll miss the entire next season. I need to look into that. You're, you're absolutely. I, I assumed it meant next season, but I need to do a little more. You might be right. He might be taking a whole year off before. Interesting. That's math on the fly, right? There. Yeah, no doubt. Twenty twenty four minus you. one is twenty twenty three. Math on the fly. I was able to figure that out. Yeah, you were. And in basketball news, Steph Curry is expected to be out through the All Star break in, in mid February because of a left leg injury for him. Man, I'll tell you, the Warriors are dangerous if they're healthy, but man, they just can't stay healthy. Yeah, Coyotes back at. Mullet Arena tonight, face off against the Minnesota Wild. Puck drops at 7 o'clock. You can hear it on Arizona. And I, I broke this story over the weekend. Dylan Gunther getting sent down to Junior. Um, they just decided that it was best for him to go try to win a championship, get top minutes rather than stay here. That was a story we broke over the weekend on Arizona Sports. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, one of the top personalities in the business is going to join us next. Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith from ESPN, our guest. Next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center and Meteor Row. On Thursday, this Thursday, we're going to be at Safeway, 83rd and Camelback for Coca-Cola's Game Time Rewards. Meet NFL alumni and friend of the Burns and Gambo Show, Jay Feely, who will be out there. And enter to win over $50,000 in prizes. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. He'll do anything to get on the show, Jay Feely. <laughs> He'll do anything to get on the show. What's he doing now? Uh, he's going to be at Safeway with yeah. us, 83rd gonna... and Camelback, uh, on Thursday, this right. Thursday, as a matter okay. of fact. All right. <laughs> anything to get on the show, Jay Feely. You hear that, Jay? You listening? Uh, scheduled to have Stephen A. Smith join us here in the next couple of minutes. Our fingers crossed that that's going to happen. He's in town for a book signing. Well, he's in town for the Super Bowl, but he's also in town for a book signing coming up on Wednesday. We'll give you the details about that when we get Stephen A. on. In the meantime, uh, let's. we've got two major stories right now kind of staring us in the face, Gambo. And since we're scheduled to talk about the Cardinals in the next segment, let's dive a little deeper into this Sun stuff. Um, Kyrie. Oh, we got him? Oh, you know what? Better yet, I'd rather talk to Stephen A. Smith about that. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, he's got a book signing event coming up on Wednesday at the Changing Hands Bookstore in Tempe on McClintock and Guadalupe. The name of the book is Straight Shooter. I believe it debuted on the New York Times bestseller list. He is the one, the only Stephen A. Smith who's joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Stephen A., I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Arizona, man. How you doing? Dave Gamble, how you guys doing? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Congratulations on a, a great career so far. Enjoy your stuff. Let, let's get right into it because we only have you for a short amount of time. Uh, the Kyrie Irving trade, does it open up Kevin Durant to be traded now or in the summer for the Nets? 
My personal belief is that it'll be this summer. I can't rule out anything that's going to happen now because I happen to know that the Boston Celtics are in the mix for a potential trade that would involve Jalen Brown and maybe a couple of other assets for Kevin Durant, assuming that's something the Brooklyn Nets want to do. Uh, nobody is sure about that right now. Kevin Durant is a superstar in this league. He's got three years guaranteed on this deal after this season. Um, obviously, even if he's disgruntled, he's proven that nothing's going to interfere with his willingness to go out on the court and play at an elite level. Uh, so if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you're certainly inclined to keep him on board. Uh, that just remains to be seen what's going to happen. But I definitely believe at the worst, uh, this would be his last year in Brooklyn in light of all the things that have transpired. You've covered this league for so long, Stephen A., and, I, and I'm curious what your reaction was to Chris's name being involved in these trade rumors and whether you think there's going to be any residual to that to Chris over the next couple of weeks, if it indeed was true. I think it was true. First of all, let's get that out the way. It absolutely was true, no matter what they tell you. If they tell you something different, they're lying to you. That's number one. Number two, I would tell you that Chris Paul is a veteran. Uh, He's a seasoned veteran. He's used to these kind of things. He started out his career in New Orleans, went to the Clippers, went from the Clippers to Houston. After he goes to Houston, I mean, obviously he's in Oklahoma City. Now he's in Phoenix, and it's one of those situations where you have to look at it and you have to say to yourself, "Chris, Chris, Chris Paul has to understand, and I'm sure he does better than most. This dude is a point guard, as in G-O-D. He's absolutely a sensational point guard. And any team that's looking for a point guard, especially from a leadership perspective, is going to salivate at the notion of being able to get Chris Paul um, on their roster. Because this dude is a born leader. He walks into a locker room and he immediately has an impact. He does not mind ruffling feathers, does not mind rubbing people the wrong way. And everything that he does is for the betterment of the team. And so when you look at it from that perspective, everybody's going to want him. And anytime you're talking about a trade, you're definitely talking about him. That's the upside. The downside is the durability issue. Always an issue when it comes to Chris Paul, which is obviously the downside. And so he was going to be a part of any deal, but I knew that certainly was not going to be enough to acquire for the Nets to give up a Kyrie Irvin. If they were going to take Chris Paul, they were going to need more than that. Maybe a Mikel Bridges and picks, maybe a DeAndre Ayton and another pick or whatever. They were not just going to give up Kyrie Irving for Chris Paul. That wasn't going to happen. You look at the Durant thing. Do you think if they're able to put Durant together without giving up you know, a lot of their core. If they could do it by, if the Suns could get Durant in the summer, just giving up five first-round picks and maybe Cam Johnson and a couple of smaller players, does that put Phoenix over the top? I think it would. If you're talking about keeping Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, uh, I definitely think that makes Phoenix the favorites to win it all. But I don't think the Nets would ever accept that for KD. If you're going to lose KD, you can't just get picks. You've got to get a bona fide all-star or a cornerstone of your franchise in order to pull that off. You may be able to keep Booker, fine, because you certainly don't want to give up Devin Booker. But in the same breath, 
You're going to want a Chris Paul and Bridges and picks. You're going to want a Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and picks. You're not keeping everybody and getting Kevin Durant just because you bring in margin. You give them marginal or average players and a bunch of picks. That's not going to get Kevin Durant away from Brooklyn. Stephen A. Smith, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. He's doing a book signing in Tempe in a couple of nights. We'll uh, give you all the details about that in just a moment or two. From your perspective, how do you think Luca and Kyrie are going to do on the floor together at the same time? I think they're going to be disastrous defensively, yeah. and I think they're going to be lethal offensively. I think that when you look at what they bring to the table, I can tell you for a fact the reason Dallas made this deal is because Luca was clamoring for an additional offensive weapon. He got tired of being the sole, lone, reliable offensive commodity that the Dallas Mavericks had, particularly when it mattered most. He wanted somebody he was comfortable with giving the ball up to that he knew could make things happen. So because of that, that's why they felt compelled to go out there and get him additional help. They did so in a car in a star like Kyrie Irving, who they know is box office, who they also know is a guy uh, that they don't necessarily have to guarantee a long-term deal to at this particular juncture. So what they're going to do is they let go of those assets. They bring in Kyrie. They're going to give him the ball, and it's really to see how Luka responds when he has someone he absolutely has to give the ball up to. I'm telling you what I know because I've spoken to the Dallas Mavericks over the last 12 hours. Their belief is that we want to see what Luka Doncic is going to do when he has somebody to give the basketball to. What kind of player is he going to be then when he doesn't necessarily have to be ball dominant? So that's what we're going to find out about the Luka Kyrie Irving tandem. But I suspect it will be highly effective offensively and it will be disastrous defensively. Yeah, and I think when I get Maxi Kleber back, it'll help. I spoke with the Mavericks today, and I think their plan, too, is to use, they'll have three first-round draft picks that are unlocked after the season, they'll have three, to go after an OG Ananobi, uh, or to go get a 3-and-D guy. So I don't think they're done. I think, you know, for this year they might be, but they're going to look to trade those draft picks to go get themselves either two really good role players or another star player, maybe an OG Ananobi, and then they could be really lethal maybe next season. Well, you talk about the Dallas Mavericks, right? Yeah, the Mavs. Yeah, they're going to try to use... Yeah, yeah I, did, I, I, def, I definitely think that they have an opportunity to be lethal. There's no doubt about it, but... When it comes to Kyrie Irving, we ain't just talking about on court. We know what he does on a basketball court. He's phenomenal. What the problem is is that you never know what he's going to do that leads to him being off the court. He's got a lot of things that he's far more interested in than the game of basketball. And those, those, thought, those, those things permeate his thoughts. And as a result of that, he decides what, he's want to go, what he wants to do, when he's going to do it, how he wants to do it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not necessarily team-oriented or what's in the best of the team. That's been the problem with him from day one. Nobody questions his greatness, his ability on the basketball court. He's a champion. He's going to three NBA finals. He's averaged more than 27 points in the NBA finals. Hit one of the biggest shots in NBA finals history. We know what he brings to the table when he's on the court. The problem is there's always a question as to what is he, what is it that he's going to do that lends itself towards him being off the court? That's the question with Kyrie Irving, and it's the only reason he doesn't have a four-year max extension. 
Let, let's talk about Devin Booker. It was a few years ago. I know you brought up the Atlanta Phoenix fans will hold this over your head forever, but you brought up the should the Suns trade Devin Booker for Kyle Kuzma. Now, at that time, you know, Book wasn't the superstar he was, but he was on the rise. How much has his game impressed you over the last couple of years? Well, first of all, when I said that, I certainly wasn't implying that Kyle Kuzma was better than Devin Booker. I was saying if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, try it. You got nothing to lose. That's number one. Number two, Devin Booker has definitely impressed me. I had him as a league-leading MVP candidate last year for a vast majority of the season. He is a bona fide star in this game. Uh, He shows up. He's big time. Game seven notwithstanding. Last year against Dallas, Devin Booker is that dude. And he should be the cornerstone of this Phoenix Suns franchise for years to come. He shows up and he delivers when healthy. It's just that simple, for the most part, anyway. And I think he's a high-character dude as well. I don't see him being a distraction or an impediment to anything that the Phoenix Suns are trying to do. The question is, is that, to me, the biggest question on the team is DeAndre Ayton. It's not Devin Booker yeah. because the relationship with Don, Deontay, uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton and, and, and Monty Williams has been questionable at best. You know, this is a guy that signed an offer sheet to be in Indy, clearly was willing to leave Phoenix, sometimes as talented as he is, and there's no questioning his talent. There are times when he looks like a player that would prefer to be elsewhere. And so to me, considering the fact that he's a seven-footer, that he's agile, he's athletic, and he's formidable and what have you, should you entertain what you can get for DeAndre Ayton? I think that's something that the Phoenix Suns should leave themselves open to, to be quite honest with you. Stephen A., I've got to ask you one last one before we let you go. And just since knowing we were going to have you on the show today, I just wanted to ask you, that infamous look on your face and Michael Wilbon's face during the Valley Oop, what is going through your mind when you've got that look on your face, Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers? Because to I me, was, I, 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 I was stunned. I was stunned because Mike Wilbon and I were talking, and we were about to go on the set, and we assumed the game was over. It was like a foregone conclusion to us. We couldn't believe what happened, and that's what the look was on our face. I mean, we were stunned that it, it caught us by complete surprise. You know what? It'd be one thing if somebody just caught the ball and launched it from near half court or something like that. To be able to catch an alley-oop dunk, you know understand what I'm saying? In, 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 in that period of time, at that moment, it was shocking that Phoenix got away with pulling that off. We were absolutely stunned. Yeah. Stephen A., a pleasure having you on the show. We would love to chat with you again and again i want to remind everybody your book signing for the straight shooter book which debuted on the new york times bestseller list is on wednesday february 8th at the changing hands bookstore on mcclintock in guadalupe it starts at five o'clock registration via eventbrite is required so please register for this event and for the book signing that's coming up on wednesday thank you and enjoy your stay in arizona Stephen a we appreciated it Hey, guys, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Thank you. To Stephen A. Smith joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. That was pretty cool. When we come back, we started today's show. Three candidates remain for the Cardinals head coaching job. Now, we just have two. What the hell happened? What's next? Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row. Arizona Sports Cardinals head coaching search update update all right before we provide the update 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 let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day given that it's 430 with Eric Ruby sitting right across from us here on media row 
Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, we uh, kind of changed lanes on this one, right? Right. Well, the first poll we put out there was about if people were worried about Chris Paul's name being linked to the Chris to the Kyrie Irving trade. That one was a blowout, so I thought to myself, let's put out a second poll with the three Cardinals coaching candidates remaining. That's why you're a young up-and-comer in this business, the ability to think on the fly like that. Eric. Well, Very apparently impressive. I didn't think on the fly fast enough or too fast because 30 minutes later, one of the main options, in fact, the option that was leading by quite a bit, off the board as Brian Flores reportedly accepts a job to be Minnesota's defensive coordinator. So he's currently leading our poll, but I'm going to ask you guys out of the other two names, Luana Rumo, Mike Kafka. It's the final two. Who's it going to be? Who will it be or who, who, will, who, who do we not who, want Not who you be. want. We talked about who you want for weeks. we got to put some predictions on it. I'm going with Kafka. Yeah. Because I think it's easier to, to – I think you can get a good defensive coordinator where I think it's harder to get a good offensive coordinator. I, I, at this point, I'm inclined to believe that Gambo, as he usually is, might be onto something with this one. It might end up being Mike Kafka when it's all said and done. So I, I think it's going to be Mike Kafka. As, as much as that makes me nervous, Let's. I, I think that's been what it might be. Well, Kafka is actually bringing up the rear right now at 25%, leading the way still is Flores at 40.9%, but that means our winner by default is Lou Anarumo, 33.7%, but he's not winner by default because he's not a good candidate. He's just not the name that everybody was focusing on, like no, Flores. No, not at all. No, not one bit. No, I mean, two weeks ago, these names, none of, neither of these guys were a, a serious candidate. We weren't talking about either one of these guys two weeks Kafka's ago. Kafka's only been the offensive coordinator for the Giants for a year. No, it was a good year for them. Obviously, it was a good yeah. turnaround year for Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley was tremendous. And, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I, I don't know that it's going. I, I don't know that it's going to be Kafka. Just it's it's very very difficult to get information on these coaching candidates. Friday was really the first time where I got a I got a good chunk of info, and it was that Kafka blew the, the interview away. He blew yeah. it away. They loved him. They wanted to bring him back. They and that's why I put Kafka as my lead candidate. They've been pretty tight, you know, tight, close to the vest, close to the vest yes. on. The information, so I was able to get that information on Friday from somebody very, very close to the situation, and that's why, for me, that's why I was leading Kafka because you know that information was good. The people, the, the person was great, and it was really positive that Kafka had a terrific interview, and they absolutely loved him. I still don't know if he's going to be the job, but it's clear he's the final. He's one of the finalists. So yeah, they, obviously he blew them away in the interview. So here's kind of the reset now on what's going on with the Cardinals coaching search. Over the weekend, it had been reported. Yesterday, it had been reported that three gentlemen were going to get second interviews for the job. They were Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, Steelers defensive assistant Brian Flores, former Dolphins head coach, and Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator of the Giants. And that those three second interviews were going to happen at some point this week. I believe it was going to be Kafka tomorrow, Flores on Wednesday, Anarumo on Friday. Then something very interesting, and I'll be perfectly honest with you, something kind of baffling happened on the way to it being one of these three guys. Brian Flores, up in the middle of it, called the Cardinals and said, I'm out. I'm taking the defensive coordinator's job for the Minnesota Vikings. Blown away by that. And that's according to an Albert Breer tweet 22 minutes ago. New Vikings defensive coordinator Brian Flores called the Cardinals to tell them he was taking the Vikings job and withdrawing from their search, according to a source. He was set for a second interview on Wednesday. So now it's down to Kafka and Lou Anarumo, who will meet again with Arizona this week. It is baffling. It's baffling because the only the only thing that makes sense to me until somebody else gives me another thing that makes sense 
is it he heard through the grapevine, his agent or whatever, whomever, hey, look, you're getting a second interview, you're not their guy. They, they want to go with Kafka. They want to go with Anarumo. They, they want to go with somebody else. I, I'm hearing through the grapevine, you're not their guy. That's the only reason I could think that a guy who's in line to get a head coaching job would call that team and say, I'm out. I'm taking a defensive coordinator's job instead. Why would you do that? You know, you, you clearly... Unless you're, you're close with Monty Austin Ford and you tell Monty, I got an opportunity to be a DC here. I got a great opportunity. Kind of, you know, lay it down for me. I got a shot. And Monty says, look, I would take that job. I would, I would, I would take that job. I wouldn't pass it up. You're not the lead candidate right now. We're looking at it there. I mean, that's the only way I would think you would do it. The only other thing you could think of is he just didn't like the job, and he figured out, let me go back in, and there might be better jobs available next year. Okay, I thought about that. That, that maybe he, you know, I don't know if I want to work there. I don't know if Kyler's my kind of quarterback. Well, then why did you interview the first time? And when they called you back for a second interview, why did you say yes? I mean, if because you, had- you learn a lot about them in the interview process too. It's not only they learn about you, but you learn about them. You might have done that interview. That's fine. But- and then came away. I'm like, I'm not that impressed with their plan. Then don't take the second interview. I agree. I agree. I agree. Then don't they, because okay, the first I would buy all of that if it had just been one interview and he doesn't get a second. But the minute he gets the second, he's clearly saying, I liked what I heard. I liked what I saw. Sure, I'll but have he, another conversation with you. Let's he talk. Go through. He didn't do the second interview. Yeah. He did not go through with it. He might have, you know, it's possible he thought that, uh, let me go be a D.C. for a year or two and better jobs will open up. If he wasn't blown away by what the Cardinals were selling, it's a two-way street. I, I, I get that. And that's where you might he might have come away like, I don't I don't like their plan. I don't like the, the money they spent. I don't like what he was going to give me to use on my assistant coaches. Because remember, he's still paying seven and a half for Cliff. Yeah. And if he has to fire, if he ends up firing Vance and the staff, he's got to pay all of that. I, and that's millions. I get all of that. I just, that to me is then why, why take the I second know. interview? I know. You know what? Why, why agree to it? Why agree, why agree to a second to interview if you've got any kind of objections about the job or, or the job in general or working there? Then, blown then away by don't that. take the second interview, Just right? blown away by, by that. Just say no thanks and go be a D.C. somewhere or stay with the Steelers. So now it's two, and it's both guys. Neither one have previous head coaching experience. Um, one guy, you would presume there's an avenue to keeping Vance Joseph, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later, the fact that he hasn't been, at least as of the latest, he hasn't released from his contract. Um, maybe they want to keep him in case Kafka's the guy, but the the expectation we have now is that we won't know for sure who the Cardinals head coach is until after the Super Bowl. Maybe something happens before Tuesday. now that the, the name has been whittled down, but yeah. you're thinking it's going to be Tuesday of next, next week. Yeah, we will not know who the Cardinals head coach is, or it won't be announced until next week. I'm expecting it to be Tuesday um, that they do it. So not this week. So I would think we get through the week. Jay Crowder gets traded before the Cardinals announce a coach, and then I would think there'll probably be an announcement on Tuesday if it were if it doesn't leak out before then on who the coach is going to be. All right, so listen for your name every day this week for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Text the word Super to six twenty six twenty to register. In fact, we already qualified one lucky listener today. Once you hear your name, at least on our show, we've qualified a couple on the station. Once you hear your name, call in within a time frame, and you could be headed to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Plus, you'll also win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Again, text the word SUPER to 620-620. The Suns are getting their guy back, and the timing could not have been any better. But you know what? All things being equal, the Suns did all right without their guy these last couple of weeks. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 
Burns and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center and Meteor Row. Don't look now at your NBA standings. And I know, look, all the Kyrie and Chris Paul talk and the Kevin Durant talk, that that's still the trade deadline. This is going to be a crazy week for the Suns. Crazy. They're getting Devin Booker back on Tuesday. They're getting a new owner on Wednesday. They might get, be getting a fresh batch of new players on Thursday, right? Like, I mean, this this week's got the potential. Man, it's a crazy to, week. Potential, and that doesn't count the Super Bowl or a Cardinals coaching search or anything like that. It's going to be a crazy week. But what I was going to say is don't look now. The Phoenix Suns, after winning, what, eight of their last ten games now, are only a game and a half out of the third seed in the Western Conference. They're not that far back. They're only a half game back of home court advantage in at least the first round, Gambo. And this, all of this done without Devin Booker. They've won eight of their last ten games. And I tell you, last time you and I did a show together was Friday. I know that game is three days old now. Yeah. What they did against the Boston Celtics on Friday was so Damn impressive! It, it was, it was, and and a lot of times like that we talked about that. Like the only way you're gonna lose this game is the Celtics come out and they just think they're gonna they're gonna truck you. And no Cam Johnson in that game, but then the Celtics they couldn't hit a shot. Tatum Tatum was awful. Couldn't hit any shots. Um, Boston did not have Marcus Smart, but they weren't getting... Horford was terrible, wasn't into anything. Now, the Celtics made a run. They got close, but then McHale hit a shot, and the Suns were able to kind of pull away from them and, and win that game. Listen, it was an impressive win for the Suns. No Booker, no Shamit, no Cam Johnson. To play the way that they did, I thought that was a really good win. And you come back, you take care of Detroit, you win that game. DeAndre Ayton is just an absolute beast in that one. So, nice back-to-back wins over the weekend for Phoenix. Yeah, it was uh, it was really nice back. And, and for me, the, the Celtics game was all about that bench. Everybody on that bench played so very well. And then the Pistons game, yeah, DeAndre Ayton, as you mentioned. So now it's eight of their last 10 that they've won. Now they've got Devin Booker coming back against Brooklyn tomorrow. And this potentially looms as a franchise-changing type week for the Phoenix Suns. New owner, Devin Booker back. And I, I, I tell you, this team, Gambo, seems very, very poised to be able to do everything we thought it could a couple of weeks ago. We had said, if you can just survive, if you can just hang around, if you can just kind of manage your time without Devin Booker, you could be in a position to still be one of the best teams in the Western Conference when it's all said and done, when you get your guys back. They seem like they're pacing towards exactly that right well, now. And how much panic was there You know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago? All the pressure on people wanted to put on James Jones, and it just wasn't anybody out there that you know they were able to go get. Now, we'll see what they pull off of Jay Crowder, but the reason Jay Crowder hasn't been trading is nobody's been able to offer anything that's been any, been any value. They, they, I still don't think they're going to get anything decent for Jay unless he's part of a three-team package, and maybe they were holding out for that. Maybe they were holding out that his expiring contract could have been used for something more around the trade deadline, that it wasn't worth it to trade him in October, November, December, or January because the bottom line was there might have been something better available to trade deadline. Now, it yeah. sucks for Jay, yeah. but you know if you're the Suns, you got to do what's best for you. So holding on to him until the trade deadline, which they've done, may have been what was in the best interest of the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker, this is sound courtesy of Dwayne Rankin of ACCentral.com.
NFL.com on getting to return tomorrow. Looking forward to it a lot. I'm excited. <laughs> That's an understatement, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a little excited to go, but he also talked glowingly about the state of the team as he returns from this injury. I think the team's in a good spot right now. Um, we turned some things around and turned it up a bit. So, you know, I think it's perfect time. The question is going to be is, is how drastic is Thursday? Is it a minor tweak? Is it just Jay? Is it just a minor I don't think move? that Durant gets traded until the summer. Because I think that they'll they'll see what they could do to him. Look, you don't want to trade Kevin Durant. Like, they had, you know, they, they had to trade Kyrie. And, and they wanted to trade Kyrie, I think. You know, once they decided they weren't going to pay him, they, they knew they had to move and They moved him fast. With KD, when he demanded the trade, they were very reluctant to trade him. They never traded him. I think that they'll do everything they can to to take take this. Now, if he gets traded at the deadline, I'm not saying it won't happen, but I'd be surprised because I think that the Nets will try to appease him. What can we clearly this rumor that they were going to try to include Van Vliet into a three way deal with Kyrie going to Dallas and Van Vliet Van Vliet going to the Nets and Spencer Dinwiddie going to Toronto? That's a piece to appease Kevin Durant. What can we do to make you happy? What can we do to build a winning team around you so you'll want to stay? Now, once they've exhausted all those options, and if you get to the summer and Katie says, okay, I really want out this time. Like, I really do want out. Well, then maybe that they'll be forced to trade him. So I do think a KD trade, if it comes, is more likely in the summer. Yeah, it, it was fascinating. Now, the, the Nets-Mavs deal is done, and it's just a two-team deal. All right, the trade call happened, and it's been approved and everything like that. But what you're alluding to is about three hours ago, two hours ago, there was a report that the Nets were trying to loop in a third team into this deal, and they were kind of asking all parties to hold off on approving the deal until they explored that. Mark Stein uh, noted longtime NBA. NBA insider was reporting he heard the holdup was that the the Nets were trying to loop in the Raptors to get Fred Van Vliet for Spencer Dinwiddie and that is clearly 100% a let's make Kevin Durant happy kind of thing right let's we Kevin Durant we need him to stay we need him to want to stay Fred Van Vliet will make him want to stay let's do this to kind of give him that option I, I Gimbo there are I, I find that I am looking forward to this trade deadline more than I have maybe any other trade deadline the Phoenix Suns yeah. have ever had. Really? Be- Ishbia. Because of Ishbia. Yep. Because of, because of I, I think he changes the dynamic. I think he makes it, uh, he's the wild card. What, what Does he completely defer to James Jones? Does he come in with big grand ideas and a plan and a, and a I want to do something big, I want to do something bold, I want to announce my presence with authority, I want to make a statement. Does, does he fall in line with James and say, hey, can I sit here and learn and watch? And Yeah, I, I'm, I think it's the most anticipated trade deadline. Maybe the Suns have had in a long, long time because of Ishbia and how he changes the equation. He's going to, I don't think he does a lot, and I've said this outside of what can I do to help you guys? What kind of support can I give you? And establishing a budget. Here's what our budget is in case you want to get players in the buyout market or make a trade that takes us a little bit further over the tax. Here's what I'm comfortable with. I, look, we saw Jason Riley resign today. 
Okay, the president of the Phoenix Suns, he resigned. Obviously, the writing was on the wall. Madispe yes. was never going to keep Jason Rowley as his president. There's a lot of people in that organization in in powerful management type roles that are going to lose their job because Madispe is going to come in and he's going to want to hire people he's familiar with and that he knows and that he believes can 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 follow his vision. So the front office, you know, those type of people, not not Monty and James Jones, mm-hmm. but the people in charge of everything else. There's going to be massive changes in the Suns organization with the people at the top that are in charge of the business side of things. And that will bring in his own people. So that that will be the changes he can make those immediately. Immediately. Now, Jason Rowley took it right up to the wire, right? He he refused to resign. He kept his job right up until today. Today, he resigned mm-hmm. because tomorrow, what I'm expecting and from what I've heard is the sale will be finalized tomorrow. By the close of business tomorrow, the, fail, the sale should be finalized. And we are expecting Matt Ishbia to be introduced on... Wednesday. Like I said, it's going to be just an insanely busy week. Not only for the Suns, we're here on Media Row for Super Bowl 57. We've got this and, and of course, downtown Phoenix, Old Town Scottsdale, Glendale being transformed because of the Super Bowl. A lot going on. Keep right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We'll keep you updated on everything that is going on. Our Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, Kyrie Irving is now officially a Maverick. How close was he to being a member of the Phoenix Suns? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.